Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, hello friends, and may the 4th be with you. Yes, it is Star Wars Day. Tomorrow is Revenge of the 5th. I don't think there's anything on the 6th. I know people say a lot of other things. Um, I just adhere to the two days. I hope you guys uh, had a good Star Wars Day, uh, if you celebrate, that is. Uh, I watched several Star Wars films today uh, while I was putting together a Lego set for a friend. Um, no, it was a good Star Wars Day, 2022. Uh, I'm amped, just getting getting pre-hyped for a Star Wars celebration in a couple of weeks. Uh, we are going to talk some Star Wars today at the end of the show. Uh, I just I just want to give thoughts uh, similar to like my all Star Wars episode did I I did uh, several years back. Uh, maybe we'll do another one in the future. Um, no, but I'm I'm uh, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. Hoping you guys are having fun. It's a uh, it's a good time to to be in the neighborhood, right? If 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 you know what I mean. I don't know what that means. I don't even know what I'm saying now. <laughs> um, no, no, no. But like I said, it's it's a uh, it's a good day. It's a good day. Uh, but we're not gonna waste any time uh, on on nonsense. But I do want to say. Uh, there is another Nevada Street Nerd Market in Oceanside this Saturday. They don't usually do them back-to-back, but, but they are. Um, that is going to be at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar right there in Oceanside on Mission Ave and Nevada Street, of course. And, of course, the 101 League will be there to host their weekly Super Smash Brothers Melee tournament from 1 to 4. Uh, I think we're doing our tournament. Normally, we don't always do the tournament during the, the Nerd Market, but, again... Everything is always in motion, always in always in motion. Motion, the future is. Anyway, happy May the Fourth. Like I said, let's get into it. Of course, I'm your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. Welcome in, welcome back, welcome all. Let's get into it, shall we? So, uh, in terms of video game news, it looks like Meta, you know, the the new name of Facebook. Uh, may really be releasing several new Meta Quest or Oculus Quest headsets in the next two calendar years. Um, it might be more, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, at least one of them, though, is going to be for enterprise. Uh, what that means is for, for businesses, for, for offices, for, for work uh, functionality, not gaming, not for leisure. Um, we are expect they are expecting a new Oculus Quest to release for gaming and fun sometime next fall and uh, early 2024 for the enterprise model. Uh, now I'm, and as you guys uh, heard last week, I'm very keen on getting an Oculus now as well. Um, Xbox has announced that they will be hosting a Xbox and Bethesda showcase on Sunday, June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific. I expect that show to be at least probably two hours, knowing both Xbox and Bethesda's history in terms of, of showcases. Uh, this is, of course, in lieu of an actual E3, now that E3 has been canceled once again. Um, this is almost what would be considered like an E3 showcase, if, uh, if you can think of it that way. 
Um, because in, in all honesty, that's more than likely what it is. Um, so uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot of Starfield there and maybe potentially more. Um, we have now know what the PS Plus and Games with Gold games are. Uh, for PS Plus, it's FIFA 2022, Tribes of Midgard, and Cursed of, Curse of the Dead Gods. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, games with Gold, you have Viva Pinata Party Animals. Great Viva, great game, and everyone loves Viva Pinata. Yoku's Island Express, The Inner World, The Lost Wind Monk, and Hydro Thunder Hurricane, arcade racing classic, Hydro Thunder. But those are your free games on both platforms this month. Um, Modern Warfare 2 is official, like obviously we knew that was happening. They showed off a logo, which was an M2 in the Roman numerals and W for Modern Warfare 2, blah, blah, blah. That's very expected. Um, Activision Blizzard shareholders have approved, meanwhile, the uh, Microsoft acquisition. Uh, still doesn't mean it's a done deal. There are still a few things that need to be cleared, like the government and other investigations and things like that. It's not just the U.S. either, uh, but it is one step closer to being finalized. Um, also this week... Sonic 2 is now the highest grossing video game movie in the United States box office. Not global box office, but the U.S. box office at $147 million, beating the previous record holder, the first Sonic film, which grossed $146 million. Uh, I don't think it's... I think it's only in theaters for a little while longer. So, of course, that number will grow. Look at that. Uh, Razer co-founder... An inventor of the gaming mouse has passed away at 81 years old. So most of you using a gaming mouse. Uh, I happen to be using a Razer gaming mouse at the moment. Um, can thank this man for, for everything that he's done. Um, and uh, of course, I love Razer. And it, uh, it, it sucks to lose such an amazing gaming pioneer like that. Um, EA and FIFA have announced that they will finally begin, begin cross-platform cross-play testing uh, soon, uh, hopefully to make it into the next iteration of FIFA. The fact that sports games don't have it yet is wild to me. If we can have it on Battlefield, if we can have it on Call of Duty, if we can have it on other games, there, there's no reason it shouldn't be in, in sports games. Uh, as we move to a more unified uh, gaming world. Uh, you can still live on your preferred platforms, but I think a lot of the third parties will be cross-play moving forward. Um, also, a, a new trailer for a new Warcraft game was released. However, this is a new mobile game uh, being released in the Warcraft franchise uh, from Blizzard. Uh, it is called Warcraft Arclight Rumble. And is will be launching on mobile devices later this year. Uh, the Prince of Persia remake has uh, left Ubisoft's India studios, uh, and all work will be transferred to Ubisoft Montreal, of all places. Uh, looks like they're not working on anything right now. Um, I don't know what Ubisoft's Montreal's last game was, but it looks like they will be taking over now for um, 
development on the Sands of Time remake. Uh, if the Mortal Kombat movie gets a sequel and Johnny, Ca uh, Johnny Cage will is in it, uh, WWF wrestler uh, The Miz wants to uh, play Johnny Cage. And I think he would be a good fit for that, actually. Um, I think so. I don't know about you guys, but I, I think The Miz would be a, a good a good fit. Um, I think. I don't know. Uh, Halo Infinite Season 2 dropped yesterday uh, with a slew of new uh, cosmetic gear, including Microsoft's famous digital, digital assistant, I guess if you could call him that, Clippy. Yes, Clippy from Microsoft Word is now both an emblem uh, and a, a um, pendant for your weapons in Halo Infinite. <laughs> Fucking Clippy, man. Um, final bit of Activision news here for the day. Uh, Activision has been... Uh, had a official complaint levied against it by the New York City government. Um... And it is a new lawsuit from the city of New York. And multiple New York City funds have banded together to file a complaint. Uh, they allege that CEO Bobby Kotick have breached their fiduciary duty, um, essentially to get the Microsoft deal to happen. Um, this is per Axios. Uh, New York City's employees board of New York City employees board of education and teachers retirement systems as well as the pension funds for the city, fire department, police, uh, and so on, all hold stock in Activision Blizzard. The plaintiffs claiming that uh, they want Activision Blizzard records investigated to see if any wrongdoing was done um, to begin the acquisition process. Remember, their stock kind of dropped, but then Microsoft is buying it for like double. Um, they wanted to look at the books last year, uh, after, you know, all the complaints started coming out. And, of course, with Bobby Kotick's alleged involvement. Um, but then Activision announced that they were going to be acquired by Microsoft. And they said that uh, the plaintiffs claim, quote, if the merger goes through, it will have the effect of extinguishing these highly valuable derivative claims against Activision's board, as well as... Uh, Kodak and will be able to escape liability and accountability entirely, unquote. I don't think that's entirely true either. Um, they also are a little pissed that Kodak was able to just negotiate all this anyway, uh, and quote, despite his potential liability for breaches of fiduciary duty, unquote. I, I don't know. This is all very interesting. We'll see if it, if it actually goes to court. I get it. There, it's pensions funds, but at the same time, <clears throat> they make too much money in pen. What? Sorry? Um, anyway, the final gaming news today, and it's the biggest gaming news of the week, uh, Square Enix of Japan has decided to drop, yes, drop uh, Crystal Dynamics, Eidos, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. Uh, as well as a catalog of IPs, including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and at least 50 others. Uh, this will all be uh, for $300 million. The Embracer Group has entered into an agreement for this. 
Um, this includes around 1,100 employees over their, uh, the three studios and eight different countries. Um, it is expected to close during quarter two of Embracer's financial year, which is 22-2023, so it should close later this year if it goes through. Um, and this is an official quote from the Embracer Group. Quote, We are thrilled to welcome these studios into the Embracer Group. We recognize the fantastic IP, world-class creative talent, and track record of excellence that have been demonstrated time and again over the past decades. It has been a great pleasure meeting the leadership teams and discussing future plans for how they can re realize their ambitions and become a great part of Embracer, says the CEO, uh, Lars Wingeforce. Um, it is very interesting. Uh, if it goes through, Embracer will now have over 14,000 employees, 10,000 developers, and 124 studios. And y'all are bitching and moaning about Microsoft and Sony. Uh, they have over 230 games in active development, and more than 30 of them are AAA titles. Remember, the Embracer Group also owns Gearbox. Um, and uh, just to, to give a rundown, Crystal Dynamics, of course, is behind the Tomb Raider reboot. Uh, they're also working with the initiative, Microsoft Studio, on the new Perfect Dark game. Eidos Montreal is famous for Thief 4, Deus Ex Human Revolution... Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, they're working on some other projects. And then Square Enix Montreal, which will probably have to change its name, uh, made Hitman Go, Tomb Raider Go, and Deus Ex Go. Um, but I guess they're going to be sticking to mobile games still. This is uh, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, but through all this... Uh, Obviously, this is probably going to be a good thing for those companies because Square Enix just, like, lets them wither, right? These game, The games they make sell well and do well and, and perform well, but Square Enix always says they don't do well. Like, case in point, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, game did bonkers, but not to Square Enix, not to them, Um but also part of this, we've actually learned the lifetime sales number for all Tomb Raider games. And it looks like, uh, per this information, Tomb Raider as a franchise has sold 88 million copies since the first game released in 1996. But 38 million of those 88 are from the reboot trilogy. So that means almost half are from the reboot trilogy alone. Um, that's crazy. 53 million paid mobile downloads between Lara Croft Relic Run and Lara Croft Go. Um, that's wild. Um, other games are included, but it, it, it just shows that it's a good franchise, and uh, the next feature... Uh, feature game from that franchise will be made in Unreal 5. Um, what's funny is uh, Square Enix uh, says that these these um, the sale will help them in uh, to invest more in blockchain AI in the cloud. And some people think it's they're just trimming the fat so they can be sold. You know, everyone always thinks Sony is going to buy them next. Um, the funny part about them announcing this, though, 
is that right now it looks like the NFT market is literally collapsing. Uh, so blockchain might not be as profitable as people thought. Um, and then as I said, you know, Crystal Dynamics is currently assisting the initiative, Microsoft's Game Studio, with the Perfect Dark uh, reboot. Uh, and, and they did put out and said, quote, we're excited to see Crystal Dynamics take these next steps with their studio. Our teams have made great progress in building Perfect Dark together as co-development partners, and we'll be continuing this work with them in their next chapter, unquote. Uh, so it shows that even if they do sell, Crystal Dynamics will remain committed to their agreement. Uh, how this affects Eidos and you know, Crystal Dynamics moving forward, I'm not entirely sure. In, in the long run, probably good things. Hey, maybe we'll get a new Legacy of Kane game. I know everyone jerks that stuff off. Probably get another Deus Ex game as well. Who knows? We'll see. Um, Square Enix, though, is keeping the Life is Strange franchise and Outriders. Um, the popular, um, I guess, looter shooter, whatever you want to call it. Live service game. Um, but it's definitely an interesting, interesting front uh, and it, it's funny that people don't like when Sony and Microsoft buy studios, but their mum when Tencent or the Embracer Group gobble up even more. Um, and they're, they're, both of those are huge compared to Microsoft uh, and Sony in general. So we'll see. We will see. That is it for gaming news. Let us move on to TV news today. Uh, Netflix. It keeps laying off more people and canceling more shows. But hey, you know, the fact that you thought you could sustain your pandemic numbers is a little wild to me and a little ridiculous that you could trick your investors into thinking so uh, and your shareholders. A, your shareholders are fucking stupid if if they really thought that. Uh, B, your CEO, uh, that's yet, I'm looking at you, Reed Hastings. You're a fucking idiot too if you really thought the pandemic numbers would hold up. I'm sorry, but that is mismanagement. Prime example of mismanagement. Oh, yes, our numbers will hold from when everyone was at fucking home. Morons. And, like, they act like their stock price plummeted. It's only back to what it was in 2018. Like, last time I checked, Netflix was still killing it three years ago. Like, really, dudes? You... you Maybe stop making a bunch of bullshit shows that no one fucking asked for. How about that? Everything about that? I don't need a reality show or reality competition for every type of craft. Yeah, the um, glass blowing was cool. Did I need several seasons of it? No. Did you need a reality competition for it? No. Did we need it for chocolate making? No. Do we need it for every other, like, artisan craft? No. Maybe just make a documentary about those people. I don't need a reality competition show for everything. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, studio upfronts are happening right now. This is where uh, TV shows, studios will announce what shows are coming, what shows are getting canceled, things like this. Um, and the CW has put two more nails in the coffin of the Arrowverse as it limps along with, I think, just The Flash and Superman and Lois left. Um, 
Stargirl technically is not the Arrowverse. So, uh, but Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow have been canceled. Uh, Batwoman, not surprised at all. It's had a rocky, rocky go of it. Uh, it only had three seasons. It was the shortest living of all the Arrowverse shows. Uh, they lost their main star after the first season or second season, was it? One of the two. Ruby Rose left. Um, Legends, though, is a little more surprising. Uh, yes, it's had a rocky life and had a lot of different cast changes, but that plays into the how the story works on the show. Um, it is a beloved show. The first season was was had had its moments, uh, but then after ditching Rip Hunter, it picked off from there and was was much beloved and very funny. But it also got cheaper as time went on. It's like you know you have Nate Haywood who is his is um, Steel. No, he's. Uh, Anyway, his powers, he can turn into like a, a literal steel man. And if you're going to have a character like that, like let's have him like actually turn to steel all the time. I know that's expensive, but then don't have a character like that. Um, they also, he started off really smart and like was a historian and stuff. And then they turned him in this dumb comic relief character. Uh, same with like... Um, Oh, God, what, the Adam, Ray, why can't I think of his last name in the show, um, but played by uh, Brandon Routh. It's like that dude's a genius scientist, and they made him like a dumbass in the later seasons. Um, I don't know, it's upsetting, but we still have The Flash, which probably won't live for much longer, uh, and then Superman and Lois might go for a little bit. Of course, this is all with the merger between Warner and Discovery and the new CEO kind of want to homogenizing things in terms of DC. Um, but also the CW is up for sale. We don't know how that network will live on in the future as well. Uh, that 90s show is is uh, filming its, its freshman season as we speak. Uh, it, of course, being a spinoff of the popular early 2000s show, That 70s Show. Uh, and they have announced, Netflix have announced, that most of the original cast will be returning uh, for appearances, uh, with the exception of Danny Masterson, who, of course, is currently awaiting trial for sexual harassment claims. Uh, and then here's a sentence I did not expect to say in 2022. Uh, Jackass is returning to TV. Yes, Jackass. After the su success of Jackass Forever... Um, a new series will come to Paramount Plus, but not MTV. Um, and this is per variety. And it says, quote, based off the success of Jackass Forever, we're working with the creators to continue the partnership with a new series, bringing even more ridiculous antics straight to Paramount Plus, unquote. Paramount Global CEO Bob Backish said. Um, I, I would like to think that most of the original cast is probably not going to do that many stunts. Uh, you can tell they were getting a little old for it in Jackass Forever. I feel like it would be mostly some of the newbies that they brought in, um, like Poopy. That was the guy's name. Um, and uh, Jen Wolfson. So I, I think in that very large person who I can't think of his name right now, but I, I feel like it's going to be mostly them. I don't think Johnny is going to be doing as many uh, stunts as he used to. Um, but 
circling back to DC, uh, there are now rumors circulating that a new Amanda Waller-focused spinoff may be in the works, starring Viola Davis. Uh, it, of course, would be a spinoff of the Suicide Squad films and the Peacemaker show. Uh, the rumors state that the show would take place after Peacemaker in a new world where Amanda Waller has been outed to the world in her uh, schemes, if you will. But uh, still don't know if this is real. I saw a comment somewhere, it's like, you know, you don't really root for Amanda Waller, so this is a show that doesn't necessarily make sense in the long run. But I'll watch it. If it does, uh, the Save by the Bell reboot has been canceled at Peacock. No surprise there. It wasn't that good. Uh, and then today, Star Wars Day, a new Obi-Wan trailer dropped. And oh my fucking God, the hype is real, boys. We get great interactions between Obi-Wan and Uncle Owen. We get to see more of the Inquisitors. We get our first look at Darth Vader. Holy fucking shit. This show is going to be great. I don't care if it's only six episodes. This show is going to be great. This trailer was hype. I am stoked. I am stoked. I cannot wait. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if they're doing a panel where they're showing the, the episodes, um, but I, I will definitely, definitely, as soon as I get home from the convention that day, will be watching the first two episodes of Obi-Wan on May 27th. Go watch the trailer if you haven't seen it. Um, and then Moon Knight. Last two episodes were really good. I'm really digging, I really dug Moon Knight because today was the final episode. Uh, last week we kind of get, get this, uh, our first look at the afterlife in the MCU and a confirmation that the afterlife does exist in the MCU with, with, with Moon Knight. Um, and the finale, we got to see Egyptian gods duking it out. Yes, literally getting to see Egyptian gods duking it out. That is not something I thought I would ever say in regards to the MCU. That, that's for damn sure. Uh, we got to see Amit and Konshu uh, fight in, in their astral forms, their godly forms. Uh, Amit was beautifully rendered as as her crocodilian self i fucking loved it um honestly moon knight is my second favorite um mcu show it it was just it was perfect or near perfect all all around um and i i just like i said i thought it was well written out Spoilers, but we did find out about a potential third identity with Mark and Steven. Um, but you'll just have to watch to see if I'm right or not. And I don't know. I just love the God fight, right? With, uh, with Konshu and Amit. That was fucking cool. I did not expect that to happen. Um, so there was that. So you should go watch it just, just for that alone. Um, no, that, that was good. Uh, and then let's talk about Halo. Halo had a killer fucking episode two weeks ago. Greatest thing, 
closest thing we're going to see to the games on screen, more than likely. Uh, and then they go and drop a big giant fucking turd fest in last week's episode. I know a lot of people were like, oh, this is character driven. This is great exposition. Blah, 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 blah. I found myself rolling my eyes and groaning more than I had the first five fucking episodes. Last week's episode, while full of Easter eggs, and yes, it moves the plot forward, and thank God there was no fucking Quan Ha stuff, which makes me pissed because this week is going to be all Quan Ha and Soren probably. Anyway, I rolled my eyes and groaned at all the stereotypical TV bullshit that happened in Halo last week. Just I don't even want to repeat the storylines or the phrases because it was just all like, um, I it it just it was boring. It was so boring. I was just like, really, the tropes. They're just TV tropes. I'm like, really, you're gonna do this bullshit, Ugh. and more and more and more. They keep making John just not a fucking Spartan. Like, if you're going to make a Halo show and do a different timeline, at least try to stick to the characterization of the main fucking character as much as possible. Don't drift off. At this point, it shouldn't even be John. It shouldn't even be the Master Chief at this point. Could have focused on a different, completely different team of Spartans and, and, and the show would be the same. And then the stuff they're doing with Maquis, this chick that was raised by the, the Covenant... The visuals and stuff is cool, don't get me wrong, but what are they doing with this Blessed One bullshit? It, 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 it really, like, I don't know what they're trying to hype up. Because in, in core canon, which is games and books, every human would, was technically a, um, a reclaimer, right? They could interact with, with Forerunner um, technology that the, the the elites and the um, prophets couldn't. In this one, A, there's been almost no mention of the Forerunners at all. B, it, it, it's giving like, like sensory overload and health shit, and I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, I don't like how they're handling stuff. And it just, it this show... I get it. A lot of people have come around on it, especially after two weeks ago, and a lot of the Halo community is still on board. I just despised last week's episode. I think I hate it more than the, the three weeks ago when I went on that ridiculous rant about how much I hated that fucking episode, too. And honestly, I'm probably going to hate this week's because it's all going to be Quan and Soren. And it better end on a fucking high note the week after. That's all I'm going to say. Otherwise, I might not watch season two. But with that being said, I'm going to contradict myself here. Completely new showrunner for season two. So that means a different tone completely. So season two might be like a different show. But, but I will still have massive reservations and a very low bar for it. Uh, that's it for TV. Let's talk about movies. So, last week, we found out that Justin Lin was departing 
the director's chair for Fast 10 um, and still producing. Well, uh, it turns out Universal may have been losing almost a million dollars a day on production with him gone and out of the director's chair. Luckily, they found a replacement with Louis Leterrier. Uh, Louis Leterrier, I don't know how to say his name, it's French. Uh, famous for directing the Transporter films, so yes, knows what to do with car movies. Uh, he's made some other films as well. Uh, but we did find out via Deadline and the New York Daily News why Justin Lin left. Um, and also per The Hollywood Reporter, so it was several. Uh, via The Hollywood Reporter, apparently it was a spur-of-the-moment decision, like literally very last minute, uh, because he got in a fight with Vin Diesel over the script. Surprise, surprise. All roads lead back to Vin Diesel. Uh, he apparently felt the script was finished. Diesel and Universal thought it wasn't. Um, they disagreed. And it was when Diesel came to set with additional notes on April 23rd last week. Uh, I guess they got into a shouting match. Uh, Famous for Vin Diesel. Uh, but Lynn, of course, left, but got to stay on as producer. Um, and, of course, he's made several fast films. Um, and the budget reached almost $300 million without even marketing or publicity or anything like that. And uh, it is still set to release on May 19th, 2023, so just over a year from now. Uh, Brie Larson, of course, Jason Momoa, and um, allegedly now Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron in it as well. But uh, we also got a new trailer for Jurassic World Dominion, which we finally get more of the original cast. Uh, we get to see some awesome dinosaur action between the Allosaurus and the Carnotaurus. That was cool. More blue, more Giganotosaurus. Uh, or Giganotosaurus, or however you want to pronounce it. I know dinosaur names aren't always the easiest thing to pronounce, um, but it looks like we're going back to classic Jurassic fashion, and I am all on board for this uh, in how they handle the films. I do like Fallen Kingdom. I do like Jurassic World. Jurassic Park 3, I used to like it, but as I've gotten older, I'm starting to see a lot of the cracks. In it, the Spinosaurus was still badass. I do like the Lost World. Shout out San Diego. And of course, I do love the original Jurassic Park. Um, but I'm very, very excited to see what, what the cap-off will be with Jurassic World Dominion. Um, Mission Impossible's next film, which got delayed almost a year, uh, will now be called Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, we do know that more than likely the next two films, I think 7 and 8, are they are. Uh, will essentially be uh, Ethan Hunt's swan song, if you will. Um, Ethan Hunt, of course, being the character played by Tom Cruise. Because um, what, Fallout was the most recent one, and that was, yeah, that was six. So seven and eight, which are the future, uh, but Dead Reckoning Part 1 and Dead Reckoning Part 2. Uh, they will be directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who has directed the last two. So Impossible, uh, Rogue Nation. I don't know why I said Impossible, Rogue Nation, but Rogue Nation and Fallout. The man's a great director. Um, 
What else has he directed that I can't think of? Oh, never mind. Oh, no, he's a writing team on that movie. Uh, Jack Reacher. Oh, he works with Tom Cruise a lot. Mm, makes sense. Um, he's that old already. The Way of the Gun. That was his first movie. I don't know what that is. 2000. Dang. Oh, he's been a writer on some good movies, though. Ooh, he's been working with Tom Cruise a long time. Very long time. Edge of Tomorrow he wrote. He wrote uh, Jack Reacher. He wrote Valkyra. Valkyra. I love that movie, too. He wrote Rogue Nation. He wrote The Mummy. He wrote Mission Impossible Fallout. He wrote Top Gun Maverick. Jeez. Uncredited writing on Ghost Protocol, The Wolverine, Rogue One. Oh, damn. I like Christopher McQuarrie. Um, I'm rambling now. Has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, Expendables 4 is confirmed for next year. Uh, titled Expend for Bowls. Uh, with a 4 instead of the A. Weird. Why do movies do that sometimes? Uh, Captain Marvel and Ant-Man 3 have swapped release dates. Uh, Captain Marvel will now... Or Captain Marvel 2, the Marvels, will now release on July 28th, 2023. Meanwhile, Ant-Man and the Wasp 3 Quantumania will release February 17th, 2023. Uh, we got our first trailer for the Weird Al movie, and uh, I don't think it's going to follow historical accuracy to the letter. <laughs> uh, and it's a Roku original now. Cool, it's free on the Roku channel, but like, didn't know it was going to be on the Roku channel. That's new. Uh, John Watts has announced that he will no longer be directing the Fantastic Four movie for Marvel. Um, he says, quote, he needs a break from the superhero realm, unquote. I get that. You know, he's done like several back-to-back-to-back Spider-Man movies. Uh, and per deadline, it says, quote, nothing sinister, unquote, attached to his departure. Um, he will... Of course, direct the next Spider-Man Tom Holland film. Uh, whenever that happens, uh, he's just going to be taking a break for a while. He did go on to say, quote, Making these three Spider-Man films was an incredible and life-changing experience for me. I'm eternally grateful to have been part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for seven years. I'm hopeful we'll work together again, and I can't wait to see the amazing vision for Fantastic Four brought to life, unquote. Um... Kevin Feige went on to say, quote, collaborating with John on the Spider-Man films has been a true pleasure, unquote. Um, but just, I, I get it. He wants a break. <laughs> it makes sense. I'm sure uh, if the rumors are true of what will happen in Multiverse of Madness, I think, uh, I, think I know who should direct the Fantastic Four film. Um, but I'm going to mum on that because it's a spoiler and uh movie's not out yet so i'm not going to talk about that uh the barbie movie that's officially coming out will not feature aqua's seminal barbie girl from 1997 makes sense because that movie that song is very sexualized and this film seems to be taking a family-friendly approach um and then it is star wars day uh, Hasbro has revealed two new Star Wars themes toys, uh, one being a Black Series life-size Darth Vader helmet, which will retail 
I think just over $130. It will release spring of 23. Uh, and then they're re-releasing the original Kenner Star Wars action figures. And when I say original, I mean like the ones that didn't even release in time for A New Hope. That you had to like mail in for. Uh, that are famous the world over for that. Uh, they will be re-releasing those as a set uh, with original packaging at all. Because Hasbro does own the Kenner name. Uh, and before we talk about Star Wars a bit, uh, one of my favorite Batman artists, uh, Neil Adams, has passed away. Neil Adams, one of the most famous comic book artists, uh, especially in regards to Batman. Um, honestly, Jim, Jim Lee is my favorite, but Neil Adams is a close second. Um, he did uh, a lot of Batman work in the 80s, very n famous for... Uh, he also worked for Marvel. Uh, Marvel put out a statement and said, quote, Marvel saddened to learn artist Neil Adams has passed away. Neil's photorealistic style helped shape, shape the Marvel Universe and beyond, inspiring generations of comic artists as he championed their mentorship and growth. Our thoughts are with him, with his family and loved ones at this time, unquote. Um, and they shared some of his famous panels. Um, X-Men, uh, what is this, 58... I don't know when that, uh, what year, um, that's all X-Men stuff. Uh, was that what Namor looked like the first time? Oh, Triton. Uh, DC put out a statement saying, quote, The modern comic landscape would not be what it is today without the incomparable work of Neil Adams. Neil portrayed heroes as both super and human in equal measure. His work on Batman, Green Lantern, and many more was revolutionary. G DC joins the world in mourning his loss, unquote. Uh, Guillermo del Toro put out a statement. James Gunn uh, put out a statement um, with a cover that he liked of Neil. Uh, number two, uh, Batman issue number 227. Um, Joe Quesada, former editor-in-chief of Marvel, put out a statement. Um, writers from Harley Quinn. Tom King, the current writer of Batman, um, Gail Simone, who wrote Bat, uh, Nightwing and Batgirl. All of them, of course, sharing some of their favorite uh, Neil Adams scenes. Um, one of my favorite Neil Adams is it's when Batman is fighting uh, the demon. It's issue 244. Um, and it's the demon lives again. It's when Batman is shirtless, but he's still wearing his cowl. Uh, and he's fighting Raish al Ghul. Yes, Raish al Ghul. Um, just a lot of a lot of comic people put out um, statements. Uh, you might also know issue two fifty one of Batman with the Joker. Uh, his image of the Joker is seminal. Um, Alex Ross, Rob Liefeld, all of them, all of them, uh, putting out condolences. Um, of course, Neil. Um, influenced a lot of these people's works in, in general. Um, so, sad to, to lose an artist like that. Um, that's it for most of the, the, the week's news for Nixner News. Uh, with it being Star Wars Day, I did want to reflect a bit on Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars is still very near and dear to my heart. It is not something I dump as much time into as I used to. Um, a lot of the new canon I'm not 
particularly fond of. Uh, a lot of these new authors, I, I just I can't really get behind their writing style. Um, of course, Timothy Zahn, uh, I do love that he's back with Thrawn. Uh, it's unfortunate he won't be at Celebration, though. I was going to try and have him sign some of my books. Um, but the other thing I was going to say is I'm loving this new renaissance of Star Wars games that we are getting. Uh, I wish we would be getting an RTS, though. Uh, I'm excited for Amy Hedig's game. I am excited for um, the potential for the Ubisoft open world game as well and Fallen Order 2. Um, those are things I'm very, very excited to see. Uh, when it comes to the films, I recently watched The Rise of Skywalker and I recently watched Rogue One and Revenge of the Sith. The Rise of Skywalker, as bad, bad as it is, has a lot of, has parts, not a lot. It does have parts that work, and then it has a lot of non-Star Wars stuff. Rogue One is a perfect modern Star Wars film. Rogue One fits the, like, idea of Star Wars. And... You know, Revenge of the Sith, of course, is the best of the prequels. But it, when you look at those three movies, and I, and you, you guys know, I will defend the Last Jedi until my dying breath because I, of of the of the sequels, the Last Jedi is probably the most Star Wars of the film of them. Like I said, the Rise of Skywalker has parts that really work well, very well. And then there are parts that are dog shit. And, like, I'm starting to realize that Chris Terrio is just a dog shit writer, right? And J.J. Abrams just doesn't know how to end things. Now, will I say that Colin Trevorrow's scrapped final Star Wars film was good? No, I don't think so in the slightest. A lot of that stuff got carried over into The Rise of Skywalker. Um, my issue with The Rise of Skywalker, and, and, and it's my issue with The Force Awakens too, and I, I saw someone make a comment that the animatronics don't feel like Star Wars. They looked like Muppets. And, and I sat there and I thought to myself, holy fucking shit, he's right. They don't feel like Star Wars. And playing the Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga and playing the sequels makes me feel that... Um, it makes me feel that even more, to be honest. It, it just... I, I don't know... I don't know what it is. And I don't... I, I guess it... You could say that it's... it's um, I, I, I guess you could say that it, it's J.J. I, I, I don't know. Because Rogue One is... Like I said, I love Rogue One. I love it so much. And watching it again makes me realize how Star Wars it is compared to The Rise of Skywalker. And like I said, I, I still get like good feelings from The Rise of Skywalker. There, there is things that, that bring me joy and make me feel elated. Um, but ultimately it still fails 
it it almost seems like it's it's a a part two of of three right um and last jedi and force awakens are kind of a two part of a of the first part i'm not making any sense but if you're going to make a trilogy right you have force awakens and the last jedi is part one the rise of skywalker is part two and then a a potential third item in this trilogy. That's what it feels like almost. And I know it, it, everyone talks all this crap like, oh, they hated The Last Jedi. And I, I think it's because The Last Jedi was so different from The Force Awakens. Um, and because everyone kind of got put into this, they got coddled with The Force Awakens that they didn't like this jarring uh, redirection, I would say, with The Last Jedi where you kind of you kind of veered off course with, with Force Awakens and it was just a remake of, of A New Hope and, and you kind of, you're, you're getting off the path here and then go, and you go back back to like the path of what Star Wars is and that's where The Last Jedi is and because everyone kind of hated it and I think it was so jarring for them and then you have this other course correction like, making weird sounds, but you know, where J.J. takes the Force, or the Rise of Skywalker and it's all these course corrections and oh well they didn't like this so let's go back to what our original plan was and it's like you're making the galaxy feel small and then you have all these characters that feel wasted like people are like oh you didn't use Maz enough in the last jedi like you don't have to fucking use Maz that much like she served a purpose in the last jedi just like she served a purpose in in the force awakens and then she feels forced forced in the rise of Skywalker and like, like they didn't know what to do. And I blame JJ more than anything. If, if you're going to keep Maz as an integral character, a, she needs to start showing up in more other media. If she's a thousand years old, right? Then why hasn't Maz appeared in the bad batch yet? Why hasn't she appeared in the clone wars? Why hasn't she appeared in, in fucking, uh, uh, what are they calling it? The, the, the high Republic. Where the fuck is Maz there? Maz is not a character I hear people bitching and moaning about online, yet nothing is done with her. People bitch and moan so much about Rose and Rey, and they still get a lot of stuff being shown around, but Maz, who I think is a great character to have, and a great character that should be built upon, and she got relegated to less screen time than she had in The Last Jedi. I want more Maz Kanata stuff. There should be more Maz Kanata stuff. There's a wealth of, of potential storytelling there that I don't know who made the decision to not talk about her. It's weird. It's very strange. Uh, also, the bullshit where she gives Chewie back his medal. Like, really? Was that fucking necessary? I know people say, why didn't Chewie get it in A New Hope? Blah, blah, blah. There was a comic a few years ago where Chewie literally just gives it away. He didn't give a fuck about it. Like, I thought that's all canon, right? But of course, Maz has it. Um, I know people don't like how Luke is in the sequel trilogy. But Luke is exactly how he is in the Fate of the Jedi series. And I really, really think a lot of you should look into that. I'm not saying read it, because it's like nine books... Plus, like the nine books that were the fate of the, uh, that were the Second Galactic Civil War, were, you know, 
Han and Leia's kids fight, and one's the dark side. It, it very similar comparisons, of course, to the sequel trilogy. Um, but look, the Last Jedi is good. The Rise of Skywalker has elements to it that work, that are Star Wars. But ultimately, the two JJ directed films, the Force Awakens and the Rise of Skywalker, are are not very Star Wars. Whereas you look at Rogue One and even Solo to a point. I don't personally like Solo, but Solo and Rogue One feel Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker and The Force Awakens do not. And I think it's because they... And I don't want to say it's because of using practical effects. Using practical effects effects is fine. But when you go so overboard with practical effects that it it feels like it's almost a mockery, that's where my issue is. And I I know J.J. loves Star Wars and all this stuff, but I, I think that ultimately, now reflecting with time... I think ultimately J.J. was the wrong person. I really think J.J. was the wrong person to put in charge. Um, Now, do I wish uh, um, that, oh God, Ryan Ryan Johnson could have done all three? Probably. Um, Do I think going with the three different directors was a smart choice from the beginning? Probably. But... They all should have sat in a room together and worked out the fucking story. And they didn't. And I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know if it's Kathleen's. I don't know if it's JJ's. I don't know if it's Ryan's. I don't know if it's Colin's. But I'm just going to point every finger at JJ because I think JJ's the one who deserves it all. Um, I, 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 There was a major disconnect. And, and I'm not going to be one to say, oh, let's just remake it. No, I don't know. It's fine because they're serviceable. Uh, like I said, though, The Last Jedi, though, I think is perfection of those three. Um, but that goes back to this other point about Star Wars in general. I am a, a, a group of fans that acknowledge that, yes, Star Wars has done a lot for the movie industry. Star Wars films are not exactly great works of film, right? The dialogue has never been perfect. The cinematography and the editing are always good. The special effects are good. But let's be honest, George Lucas isn't a great director either. He really isn't. Most of the best Star Wars films are not directed by George. Okay? Empire Strikes Back, Irving Kirshner, Rogue One, right? Uh... And uh, uh, the Last Jedi. Um, I know the pre- the prequels are all George, and people hate the prequels. So I'm just gonna like, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, I still love Star Wars. I still will try to consume as much Star Wars media as I can. I am still a collector. I will still love it no matter what unconditionally. Yes, I have issues with it, but. I can have those issues with it, and I'm not going to gatekeep, I'm not going to fight with people, I'm going to present my argument, I'm going to present my case, and just say, rewatch it, and come back to me, and think about it, but I'm excited for where Star Wars is going, uh, the comics are still doing very well, even though I'm a little behind, 
Um, I liked the book of Boba Fett. I am excited for Obi-Wan. Uh, I'm excited for the games that are coming. I really hope the Rogue Squadron or whatever they end up calling it movie, I think that's going to work really fucking well. And I think Patty Jenkins is going to be a great director for it. I am excited for a Taika Waititi Star Wars film. And I think you can do humor very well with Star Wars if you stick to, like, canon. And I think Taika can do that. Um, I think Kevin Feige will kill it with a Star Wars film as a producer, obviously. So, and I don't know what's happening with them, but I think the Ryan Johnson trilogy, trilogy is still potentially in the works. And if he makes an Old Republic trilogy, I think it's going to knock it out of the fucking park. I think it really will. Um, but on this Star Wars day, it's a, a moment of me to just bitch and moan about J.J. again. Uh, but still love the Star Wars movies. And I will give you my ranking once again. It is The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, episode 5. It is Rogue One. A Star Wars story. Uh, it is The Last Jedi. Yes, The Last Jedi is in my top three. Uh, it is Revenge of the Sith. Episode three. I think it's the best of the prequels. And overall, it, it tells the story it needs to tell. Uh, then you have Return of the Jedi. Great film to cap off the original trilogy. Uh, but you start to see signs of George's childishness come out to play with the Ewoks. Uh, the Phantom Menace, um, of course, is a reworked list than the last time you heard it, but The Phantom Menace, uh, recently watched that a few months back, and, and it's it's a better film than I think most of us remember and give it credit for. Uh, the fight with Darth Maul, of course, giving us Darth Maul, one of our favorite villains from the franchise. Uh, the pod race, great. Um, Attack of the Clones, I think it holds up the least of the prequels in terms of CGI, and it's very cringy, but but we also see the beginnings of the Clone Wars. Um, and that that's a great cap-off. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, like I said, there, there's elements of it that I like. There's things that I don't. Um, ultimately, though, I, I think it still is better than A New Hope in The For uh, Force Awakens. Um, because there's, there's things that I really do enjoy in that movie. But there's also things that just fucking suck. Uh, a New Hope. I know it's the original. And I know people think I'm a psychopath for thinking this. But A New Hope is just not that good of a movie. And it sets up the world. But a lot of things changed after that. Um, and you start to notice it now that, that it's complete. The Skywalker Saga. You can see um, that it was... A film made on a budget. You can see that it was just this, the beginnings of things and phrases and words and stuff just don't always follow through. Uh, then The Force Awakens, I just, I don't know why, but there's just a lot of that movie I don't like. And I think it's because it's a rehash of A New Hope. I love Finn. I love Ray. I love Poe. I think they're a great set of characters. But. I don't think killing off Han Solo was done well. I think that was really fucking stupid. Um, I also like Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. I think he uh, does the angst in a way better fashion than 
uh, Anakin or uh, uh, Hayden Christensen did as Anakin. I do like him. And then Solo. Look, there's parts of Solo that are good. I think I hate more of Solo than I hate more of the other Star Wars movies. It's mainly because why was this movie made? We didn't need it. And I just... There's things that just don't make sense. And I know Disney's going with a new canon with things. But Solo just is the one that like kicks it all to the fucking curb. And I think that's what uh, I didn't like the most. And this fucking thing. What's your name? Uh, Solo then. Like, oh my god. Ugh. That was so terrible. So terrible. Uh, I don't like what they did with the Maw. The Maw, and and look, I know I'm complaining about it being Expanded Universe and things, but in Expanded Universe, the Maw was this great, just, it was a, a section of space filled with black holes. And uh, Kessel, in the middle of it, was a mining penal colony asteroid. It was an asteroid that was a mining penal colony. And what I don't like is the Maw and Kessel in New Canon, got turned into a spice... It, granted, they, they mined spice from the asteroid then, but now it's a planet run by the Pikes, and, and the Kessel Run is this... Uh, I, it wasn't even a race. It was this weird pathway through the Maw, and it was like a tunnel in the clouds. And I don't get me wrong, I love that scene of the Star Destroyer in the clouds. That was fucking cool. But the rest of it was just like... This is not as cool as it used to be in the old expanded universe. Um, and again, the galaxy felt small again. And I hate when they do that. Because George kept trying to expand it. And and this one felt... I don't know. And, and my other thing with, with the Rise of Skywalker, and I was thinking about it today, it's like... I get going back to Tatooine and burning the the, the uh, lightsabers there, right? Because that's where Anakin was from. But I also was like, maybe you could have gone to Naboo, right? It'd be nice to go to return to Naboo. We haven't been to Naboo in forever. Um, but again, that was just where Padme was from. Not, you know, Anakin was raised on Tatooine. Luke was raised on Tatooine. Uh, and obviously Alderaan was destroyed, so you can't bury <laughs> Leia's lightsaber on Alderaan. But... That's it for my thoughts on Star Wars today. I know it was a rant. Um, I still love it, though, like I said. And at the end of the day, may the 4th be with you guys. Uh, that's it for me for Nixner News this week. I will catch you guys on the flip side.